Greetings, June Squad. It is I, Jay, master of all things nerdy, and the host of the most important journalistic broadcast since Orson Welles announced the arrival of the Martians in 1938. Fake news. With me, as always, is my stalwart companion. You know him. You love him. He's the dark nerd detective, defender of the nerd faith, Lord Commander of the Nerds Watch, master of titles, Sir Christopher. Heyo. We're on the final leg of our international adventure tour. It's a year-long journey where we've been retracing the steps of the world's greatest treasure hunters. Today's podcast was recorded deep in the jungles of Colombia, retracing the steps of legendary adventurers Jack T. Colton and Joan Wilder, who were said to have found El Corazón, an emerald rumored to be the size of a tangerine. The bandit had been throwing the jewels away. Not now, Chris. Oh, sorry. Buddy, um, isn't yes. this a little dangerous? What? Don't the drug cartels frequent these jungles? You've been watching too much Netflix. You've been watching. You've been watching the old the El Chapo. That's the, that's what happens when you watch the El Chapo. I told you not to watch that. Yeah. Okay. Technically, you're right. The cartels do traffic these jungles, but it's broad daylight. Besides, what are the odds that at, at this exact time in this exact place we run into? You were saying? I hate when they do that. I hate when the bad guys ironically jump out just as the hero is finishing a sentence. Excuse me. Excuse me. Heroes. Right. It's not only cliche, it's very rude. Dude, can you focus? We have a gang pointing automatic weapons at us. What do you want me to do? Why don't you do something, Lord Commander? Lord Commander? Are you Chris? See? Lord Commander of the Nerds Watch? From the Justice Nerds Podcast? See? I listen to your shows! Ah. I listen to all your shows! Ah. Oye, muchachos, estos son los tipos que hacen el podcast que escuchamos los sábados! Please, please, you must come to my villa. My children will be so pleased to meet you! Okay, hey, this is even a better treat. This is Jay! You know, Jay from the Justice Nerds Podcast. You know, the host of the show, Jay. I don't know him. Can he come too? Anything for my new friend, Chris. Yeah. What do you think of that, buddy? I guess so. Face front, amigos, because you are just in time for the Just Us Nerds Podcast. In a world. Where two nerds come together to talk about all things nerdy. Just Us Nerds podcast was born. We talk about comics, movies, and all things in between. Get ready to have your mind blown by the most amazing podcast ever recorded anywhere, ever. The Just Us Nerds podcast. Aw, yeah. All right, my friend. We're back. Yeah. All right, man. So we've got right. episode 54. What do you what do you think about that? We've been doing we were this. just talking about this. We finally got something right. <laughs> we've been finally getting stuff right. What do we we like I counted the right number of well, shows? Well, there's that, you know, and and like we said with production and we've become technically proficient. Yeah, and you know, this is my first time meeting drug dealers. <laughs> 
so you know just you know act act cool just okay. be, just be cool man just cool. Be, just, just be cool just, just be, be cool or as we say in espanol suave ooh i love that shampoo <laughs> So um, this is the. I, I feel like I need to warn you. I mean, even though we've been doing this now for about yeah. three years, and the, the first segment of the show is called "What You're Reading." So oh, no, no, no! I've already pulled it up. I'm good. Oh, okay, I'm good. yay! All right, <laughs> what you reading, I buddy? Thought, I thought you were talking to the fans because I wanted to say to you guys, just so you know, this show there are going to be spoilers. We we you know uh, we're going to mention ahead of time, but we're going to make sure that we do that. So. Oh, spoilers for uh, Endgame, you mean? With, with everything. Endgame, um, I don't think any other spoilers. We're well, going to talk Game of Thrones, but I'm not going to do spoilers. Well, I appreciate that. That, that. that makes me feel good. No problem. All right. So, I have been reading Superman Shazam. Shazam! First Thunder. So, this was released in uh, 2005. Okay. So, it was like 2005, 2006. It's written by uh, Judd Winnick. Um the inks are done by Josh Middleton. Okay. Um, so, and then the the cover was by Josh as well, which which I've shown you. I, I love this uh, I, drawing style. It reminds me of the DC animation. Yeah, it, it's beautiful artwork. It looks like a someone took a freeze frame from a cartoon. So, um, basically, what this is is this is a Shazam Year One. We always get when Billy Batson gets his powers. You mm-hmm. know, they've done the reboots over and over and over and mm-hmm. over again. He's been, in this comic book, he's been Shazam for a little while now, um, which I'm going to talk about something. He is Captain Marvel. They, they prefer to him as Captain Marvel. Okay. They refer okay. to him as Captain Marvel in this. Um, but that's something that, that uh, you and I are going to discuss after I'm done talking about the comic. Sure, sure. Um, so anyway, he's been, he's been Captain Marvel for a little while now. The city knows him. So they, do they, they know his identity? No, they, no, no. They oh. they know who Captain Marvel is. Oh, they just know is. who so Captain Marvel is. Like they, you know, they like if he's flying through the air, they're like, hey, there's Captain Marvel. You know, and it's, oh, okay. So it is kind of nice. He's a regular. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I'll tell you, I love this. Actually, has a lot of strong dialogue in it, and it 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 makes you really think about you know stuff that's going on. So basically, um. Captain Marvel is is you know been in Fawcett City for a little while. He's been trying to you know do the right thing, and um, who's basically a child who's been given the powers correct, of of correct. Superman. And speaking of that, somebody happens to be in Fawcett City at the time, and he's very interested about Captain Marvel because he doesn't know what side he's on. And mm-hmm. what's kind of funny to me is so. The person that's in city in the city is mm-hmm. Clark Kent. Clark is there. Ah, uh, Clark okay. is there on assignment. Okay, all right. But you know what's kind of funny is he does the whole thing that Batman did to him. However, he does it in a very Superman way, and I actually really enjoyed it. But oh, t- you mean to discover who right, he really is? Right. Like he, you know, oh, remember clever. how Batman kind of like follows him and is kind of figuring out, yeah, you know, figuring yeah, yeah. out what's what's going on with this person. So. But I want to re- I want to read a little dialogue uh, so you can hear it. Sure, sure. So this is in the throne room. Uh, you got to do it in a voice, right? With the wizard Shazam. Okay. We have come to a crossroads. Fate rises up from dirt, like the rock that builds a mountain. Slow, deliberate, invincible. You know, and it, and it shows the wizard there, sitting on his throne, and um, he goes on and says, uh, he goes. 
hold on, let me, I guess I'm going to have to read the whole thing. I was trying to skip ahead. Uh, I see time's horizon as easily as sailors sees the sun dip into service of the ocean. We are entering the second age of the great heroes. And then as you go through, he says, it's before coming of the Amazon, the speedster. And Ooh. he's aware of everybody, the space knight. Mm. It has been less w- less than one year since the criminals of Gotham City began to tell the stories of the winged creature. And then, uh, just as Metropolis has found itself under the protection of the brightly clad guardian. So, you know, and he's talking about, and he says, in Fawcett City, he says, and to this city, another defender was to come. And, like, uh, in the beginning, like, a plane's going down. And, you know, of course, who swoops in to save the day? But uh, Captain So you're Marvel. sort of getting an introduction to sort of the Silver Age characters. Yes. Yes. And this is through the eyes of the Shazam characters. So, and you see the plane going down, and he grabs it by the tail. He's like, I got this. He's holding it there. and But everybody knows him, you know? And witness accounts varied. Uh, many said that the plane was brought down by lightning or an explosion. But most who heard the thunderclap said it struck after the plane was already coming down. It was the sound of a lightning bolt on a cloudless day from a clear blue sky. We all, he told all within an earshot his name was Captain Marvel. And I'm just here to help. That was three months ago. So, you know, and, and it goes on. And um, so one of the people that are very interested in him is Dr. Savannah. And Dr. Savannah, of course, um, well, let me let me back up. So sure. basically what's happening is, is um, there is a team of thieves slash assassins who are stealing magical uh, items in museums. And they want to bring about basically like the end of the world or, or something to that effect. So in these items, um, they're having this conversation and all of a sudden you hear them. Like, they're, they're trying to talk, and, like, somebody talks behind them. He says, I have to tell you, I don't like the sound of that. Because um, he was like, uh, none of us will merely try. We have to succeed. The powers below demand it. And he goes, powers below? I have to tell you, I don't, I don't like the sound of that. And it's Clark. <laughs> and what I love about this, he's not, you know, he shows his otherworldly. You know, mm-hmm. he's always kind of floating. He's, you know, bigger, right. than, bigger than life. Right, right, right. And and he's actually kind of sarcastic in this. So the guy's like, Superman? And he goes, uh, he goes, yep, very perceptive. And, you know, he wrangles I, I like that. I enjoy that where th- when they write Superman as having a sense of humor. Yes. And that that's, you know, like Ed McGinnis. You remember with the... Uh, where oh, the get a sense of, get get a a sense of humor. Why don't you buy one? Why don't you buy one? Yeah, you know, and yeah. I, I love that. It was Batman who tells him, uh, do us a favor, Clark. Lose the sense of humor. He goes, do me a favor. Why don't you buy one? Yeah. 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 So anyway, so they use the the magical item, and it conjures this giant, like, troll-like creature. And Superman can't fight magic. It hits him, and it hits him like a ton of bricks. Uh Uh-oh. And... And this is, uh, from this perspective, is this the first time Superman's ever encountered magic? I, I think so. Okay. So, like, I mean... 
they're showing him hitting him with everything, like mm-hmm. his, his heat ray, and you actually see like damage to right. these, to these right. animals. Like, right, oh, right. okay, we're going there. And he tries, like he he, you know, and uh, there's a coin left on the ground, and he lifts it, and he goes, "Magic." And he says, "Oh boy!" And like, like you look, and there's there's Captain Marvel. He's dealing with something else, and he's got these monsters that are they're giant robots. They're Savannah robots. Mm, okay. And they're shooting like fireballs at him, and um, he goes, uh, and you you always have the kids' internal monologue. You have Billy's uh, internal monologue. Okay. And he's like, a few months ago, I'd have gone, or I'd have given anything to see two giant fire breathing robots up close. He goes, now they seem to have lost their appeal. You know, and he's he's talking about it. He's like, oh, man. The old adage, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, and, and, you know, and it's so cool because, you know, he's ripping them apart and he's doing all this kind of stuff. And, um, hold on, I want to I get to the, uh, to the good part. Excuse me. So you can. Was this, was, so is, is this issue one that you're, yeah, you're so reading? Is it, it so it's a, so it's I've a read limited. The, I've it, read the whole series. It was a limited series. Yes. So I've read the whole series. And, um. It's available on uh, Comixology. I think it's available for for borrowing. It is if you have the uh, the membership. It is. Um, so he defeats the robots, and then like, then we go back and we find out Billy's living in an abandoned train station, you know. And and this kid comes down and he's like, "Hey, you know, you should come to this foster home." And he's like, "I'm not. I'm not going to any more foster homes. I'm tired of it." He's been running away from every foster home he's been been involved with. He's been just trying to get away from them the entire time. And did, did they address that in the story as to why do you get into get into Billy's head as far as why is is he afraid of having he, a family? He can do it on his own. He's just very independent. Yeah, he can do it on his own. He doesn't need anybody kind of a thing. And it, it's kind of a nice departure seeing how a lot of DC heroes, their alter egos tend to be have these fantastic lives. Uh, Superman is uh, is a reporter. Uh, Batman, uh, a millionaire. Same with uh, Ollie. Even, uh, sorry? Green Arrow, he's a millionaire. Yeah, he, he's a millionaire. I mean, th- you could go on and Hal on and Jordan on. Hal Jordan is a test jet is fighter. It, yeah, yeah, they, they all have, they've they've got J-O-Bs and they've got, uh, they've got pretty cushy lives. Regular nine-to-fives. But uh, he, in a sense, is, uh, it feels like Billy Batson is the first sort of down-on-his-luck superhero yeah. um, um, out, of, s- out of all the DC heroes. Well, I mean, think of Martian Manhunter, yeah, he's a cop, but... He's still kind of down on his luck, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I um, suppose so. But Plastic but, Man, he was a thief. It was, a, yeah, yeah. But as far as, but no, just I the, agree with the, you. The A listers that you tend to to think of, they all have their their lives are pretty good, and yeah. and I think that's probably been the critique, if there's any to be had for the DC heroes, is that they're not relatable, like the. Like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman—they're like they're like the Greek gods. They're they're right. these larger than life characters. Right. And it's harder to relate to them. But but maybe a character like Captain Marvel, uh, when he when he's not Captain Marvel, he deals has to deal with kind of real life problems. Well, for him, it's you know how I'm going to eat, and you know yeah, because he doesn't have any income. I mean, geez, you'd think they could like I don't know like comp him a burger or something like after you know, right? he like saves the city. I mean. Give the um, kid a sandwich, for God's sake. So later on in the comic, there's another break into the museum. And it's kind of neat because you see him, like, on a stakeout. And he has, like, binoculars. And um, here, let me let me read it. Of course, it does all this. He says, uh, I knew it. Our museum's got a bunch of old Russian stuff, too. So the museum, your first museum that got broken into was in Metropolis. Okay. Listening. So... 
Fawcett City has it as well. So he looks and he. It's I, the same group of crooks right. that are stealing magical but objects. But I love this. He just gives this little wink and he, he's like, <laughs> just, you know, he's like, oh, that, yeah. That, that's such a great. That's such a great picture. That little look of mischief and on his face. And he just whispers Shazam like that and bow. And you see the lightning and look at that. Just. It's beautiful. They're not doing the the hooded, you know, Shazam from the New Fifty Two. Mm, you know, the mm. the newer, angrier God or right, whatever. Right. Right. Um, but so anyway, so he goes to break him up. He goes, um, he goes. I hate to ruin what's obviously a special moment. He says, but you're only allowed to take stuff from the gift shop, and even then, you gotta pay for it. And they're just like, he's oh. got the, got the banter, you know. And he gets it. He goes. Uh, we're getting quite adept at a dispatching the likes of you. And he, he raises, and he, of course, oh boy, oh boy. This is the, the, the robber saying that to yeah. Shazam? Yeah, because so they've already taken care of Superman. Oh, so they think it's going to be a piece of cake. Yeah, with because they, remember, they, the they, troll beat the hell out of Superman. They look at Shazam and they're like, ah, this, is, this guy's nothing. Yeah, so um, he goes to fight him. And but Shazam's powers come from magic correct however they've created two monsters so i mean they get the they get the better hand of him and they they beat him a little bit and all of a sudden he hears in the background he goes you okay there looks like you could use a hand like that and then of course there's clark floating in the breeze uh one of the things that they do talk about which i thought was kind of nice what kind of nice is they do uh an intertwine between Fawcett city and you know metropolis Mm -hmm. and um, they did. Did they do the whole Twin Cities things like Zack Snyder did? No, in, uh, no. But one of the things that they kind of that's good. They kind of do do. Uh huh. I said do 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 do. Um, is Savannah is like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to talk to him. Get him on the phone like that, and he goes, "Are you sure you want to talk to him? Aren't you guys like arch enemies like that?" And he's like, <sighs> "Is it is it I, Lex Luthor?" He's like. Ah! I, he's like I hate Lex. And I, I don't love it. <laughs> so Savannah has Savannah Industries, which is a competitor of LexCorp. Uh, okay. And they 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 clash. And actually, in this, they they tend to try to work together, but it's you know they have beef with each other, but they're gonna set it aside exactly. because all right, we gotta exactly. deal we gotta deal with these fools in the cape. But um, I think one of my I'll, I'll, so I'll tell you what I like and don't like. In the yes, moment. please. So. Uh, what I don't like. Let's start there because it's very small. Nothing. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think. <laughs> oh, I, I see what you did there. I like that. Yeah. This is a fantastic story. It, I, it looks cool. It's. It was really. It I want to read it now because of listening to you describe it. So, how many? How many issues do you know? I think there's like seven or eight. Oh, okay. All right. Um. So one of my favorite scenes, and it's one of the things that I absolutely love, is Superman ends up at the Rock of Eternity. And Clark, can you can you provide a little backstory for those that aren't familiar with Shazam? What is so, the Rock of Eternity? The Rock of Eternity is basically like his home base. This is the Batcave per se of where the Wizard Shazam lives. Okay. it's a magical portal, basically in another dimension, and it's this you know big giant open area, mm -hmm. um, like the TARDIS, right? Kind of. Uh, but what happens is Clark finds out that the Wizard Shazam has selected a child. As his champion, he has a conversation with the wizard, and he kind of, as the Boy Scout is looking at him, he's like, how dare you? Oh, come on, He's like, dude. how dare you select a child to do your bidding? He's like... I guess that's kind of consistent with the character, you know, sure. And Shazam tells him, he says, you know, I selected an adult before, 
and it kind of bit me in the ass. And he's obviously talking about Black Adam. Talking about Black Adam, yeah, yeah. And okay, but he explains right. that Billy, you know, is a true heart. You. So, uh, what what kind of happens is in this comic book is Superman kind of becomes a mentor for Shazam. Okay, for Captain right. Marvel. Cool. So, and I love that. So that's a cool kind of relationship there. But I like that. It is really neat, and you know, uh, Billy goes through some some tough times. Some bad things happen, and mm-hmm. bad decisions, and stuff like that. And Clark is always there to help him. Okay. You know, like All right. where they go to discuss things, nobody else can go. Do you, Do you feel like there's kind of a uh, does Billy go through like a character arc? Is nothing kind of ever really changes for the the characters, but in a limited series like this that kind of takes place out of continuity, I would say he's definitely grown by the end of the series. Y- yeah, you can you can you can do that. You can yeah. you can have characters go through uh, uh, a character arc. So, so tell me the name of this again. This is is this Superman slash Shazam. Okay. Okay. That that's it. And hold on, let me get the the. I want to. And it's a uh, you can so for those of you wanting to find this, uh, you may be able to find back you, yeah, issues you at your to. local comic book store. But it's definitely available on Comicsology. Uh, if you subscribe to their service, uh, it's among the books in the library that you yeah. can borrow. So it's Superman slash Shazam First Thunder. So here's. Okay. The, do you want me to read you the summary? I mean, I think I did pretty good. No, man. You, you I, I, so I don't need a summary. I, All right. I, I like um, the Chris summary. So one of the things that I kind of laugh at, and it's something that I, I couldn't really figure out. Um, and it was, uh, you know, I went and saw the Shazam movie. And yeah. By the way, absolutely loved it. We're going to do some movie yeah, talk we'll, on we'll that? We'll talk about that. Okay. We'll talk about that. But one of the things that drives me nuts is obviously they changed his name. He's no longer Captain Marvel. They can't use it. Right, right. Legal reasons. Those are legal reasons. So his name is Shazam. Mm-hmm. Here's my question. Yeah. Okay. Picture you're the superhero. Right. Right? You're Shazam. Yeah. Okay? You're going to come to the Justice League, right? Mm-hmm. Hi, what's your name? <laughs> I'm Shazam. <laughs> you know? Ah, shit. Okay, ho- hold on, hold on. Shazam! You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. I looked at it, and I was like, DC, you guys are fucked. And I was like, what were you thinking? Let me write my name down. Yeah, let me write Wait, it down Does the you. magic work that way? So, like, if he no, writes no, it no. down, he has to so say he's got to say it. Okay. He All has right. to say it All right. for him okay. to change. All but right. the thing is, is that's why he was Captain Marvel. Like, I'm looking, and I went, oh, you're doomed. <laughs> you're doomed. But, well, oh, uh, you know what they're going to do, and that's how they're going to do it in the movie if they do another Justice League. They're going to do a joke oh, about no, that. No, they'll be like, oh, that's Shazam. And it'll be like, yes, yes, I am. Where he they, doesn't have to say it. They got to do a joke about that. Where he's like introducing himself. Now that you've said it, I, I'm sure they got to do a joke about. It. Do they do a joke about that? And I know we're no. not a movie talk yet. No, but, they they didn't. Oh, they that's didn't, totally. But, yeah, they got to save that for the sequel. Uh, well, I, I'm happy to say that you inspired me. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, wh- so at our last show, we did the casting call. Uh, you pitch it, we cast it. Yeah. And so we were casting our ideal X Men movie. So yeah. we, yours we was re- an all female. Ca- uh, kind of, like, all, almost all female, but and yours was the the classic yeah. cartoon. So you you really kind of inspired me. So I went back into my vault of comics. Now you're going to be proud of me. This was not on Comicsology that I was reading this. You this, grabbed it from actual books. I, I'm looking at. Them. Yeah, I grabbed actual. I have the actual books. The from actual, the 90s. From the 90s. These are from my my collection. The uh, the actual paper comic books. Ugh. And uh, so what I was reading was. The 1991 Volume 2 oh, X-Men, the specifically it. issues 1 through 3. Oh. Um, and this was this was done by the very talented Chris Claremont, uh, legend. Yeah. And who, who drew that? James? Legend. Um, yeah, another legend in the industry, uh, Jim Lee. Th- just, just a moment about Jim Lee. This guy, 
this guy is a true titan everything in he the touches, industry. You notice that everything he touches. But think about the journey that this guy has taken. This guy started as an artist uh, with Marvel, and then left to start his own company right. with uh, start, start Image, and then he goes back and become. He is now like the 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 chief editor at. DC Comics. Well, think about it too, because think about all the characters that he 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 has put life to. Like, like I told you, his are so iconic. Like his X Men, those are my X Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But one of my all time favorite illustrations of Batman is Hush. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's so perfect. He and he is yeah. The, it, Jim Lee is uh he's definitely a titan in the industry, and yes. I may have gotten that wrong. I, I don't know if he's the editor in chief. But or he's up if there. he is, I mean, he he is. Uh, maybe, I'll, I'll look that up and see what his current title is with with DC. Or if you want to keep talking, if you want to email me and just let me know what his current position is, we can we can do that. How can we do that? Where can we? Uh, email you can me? send us an email at uh, justusnerdspc at gmail or even on SoundCloud. They have this little doohickey where you can kind of insert comments right in the podcast. So if I'm wrong, you can you can let me know. I'm I I, I might be wrong. As I like to say, I might be an idiot. You never know. Uh, you can actually find these issues. Uh, I I would imagine on Comixology. I I found them also on Marvel's digital service. You can purchase the single issues for a dollar ninety nine. Uh, you want to talk about just the how the way we were, right, Chris? I was looking at this. So right. the first issue of this X Men first issue, right? A buck fifty. Oh, I mean, do you remember that? Do you remember the time when comic books were a buck fifty? And then, and then the follow-up issues, issues two and three, a dollar. So let me know when you're ready. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. You found it. So Jim Lee mm-hmm. uh, is he's a Korean American comic book artist, he is. writer, yes. editor, and publisher. Right. He is currently the co-publisher and chief creative officer of DC. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So yeah. basically, that means I'm gonna drop new shit, and you're gonna put it out there. Good job. I mean, just bravo to you, sir. Oh. You are that. You know what? I would. I will say that is one of my white whales for an interview. I would love to oh, interview yeah. Jim Lee. Yeah. I would. I would absolutely love to interview. You know what's Jim funny? Lee. So, I, like, we always have those like who we want on the show. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and you talk about like Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane. You know who? You know who's one of mine though? Sure. Sam Jones. Sam Jones. Okay. Who doesn't want Flash Gordon on their show? Right. Yeah. That, that's your white whale. It is. But all right. I, I just wonder which one's going to be more attainable. Uh, you you know what? Let's let's just throw caution I mean, to the wind. Literally, and let's try you know to, they're beating down the doors. Let's try. Oh, absolutely. Abs- I'll tell <laughs> you right now. Corey Feldman's tried like six times to get on the show, and I'm like, look, dude, I'm busy. I'm sorry. Yeah, a- absolutely, totally. Yeah, I've I have I've had Feldman calling me many a time saying, you know, will you let me on the show? But anyhow, back anyway, to anyway. back to X Men. Um, so it, you could probably find back issues of this if you look on on online on oh, eBay. Yeah. Or I, w- I wonder. Uh, go ahead, keep talking because I'm going to find out how much they're be- sure, selling sure. for on eBay. Actually, not not too. I mean, if they're signed, they're going to be worth more. But oh, of course. And, and they had second printings. This remember this came out during the 1990s comics boom. A uh, little fun tidbit about this issue number one of yeah. this. It was one of the best selling comics in the 1990s oh. and sold. Eight. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Eight million one hundred and eighty-six thousand five hundred copies. God. And I told you, this comic is probably one of the most iconic comics. And do you know what? It, I think is this. You, the you're series? talking about issue one. Well, it, that, remember issue one too. They they had a gimmick with that. 
So they had, had different they had covers. Different ones. They had six different covers. And when you assembled them, that, it made one the panoramic. At, that's yeah. actually what I'm looking for. I was like, oh, does it does it have all of them? Yeah, yeah. No, it was, no, that 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 doesn't. I got I got the Wolverine cover because I've always been a Wolverine right, fan. Right. Agreed. So so little plot synopsis of this. So I'm I'm talking mainly about the this is the s- issues one through three. Um, so. At this point in time in the story, Magneto, most most people I'm, I'm imagining, most of our listeners are familiar with Magneto, a longtime X-Men villain. Uh, at this point in the story, he's now in self-imposed exile on an asteroid fortress orbiting Earth, which he, he uh, which basically he calls Asteroid M. This is sort of his fortress of solitude. Really, kind of he he's said to Earth at this point, "Peace out, y'all." Uh, mutants, humans. I'm just. I'm done with the fighting. I just. I just want to live in peace on my asteroid. Well, he gets sought out by a group of mutants calling himself, calling themselves the Acolytes, and they're they, they want to become well, his acolytes. <laughs> um, and okay, <laughs> go on. So, so then with their kind of with their nudging, Magneto declares Asteroid M a haven for all mutants, and then he hijacks a nuclear payload. Uh, from a, a Soviet sub, which he had previously sunk, uh, in order to deter anyone that basically comes looking for trouble. So right. basically, asteroid M. This is now a safe haven. Where this he's is like I beat your ass before. I've done this, so y'all better behave. It, it's actually, if you want to, you know, the 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 X Men have been a cipher for so many different marginalized groups. Uh, when when we were talking with Tana Ford, she's saying, you know, that that it's it was code. Uh, coded for 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 queer and gay and lesbian youth. I would go uh, a, a, uh, further and say also that in addition to that, just any kind of marginalized group. In this case, uh, I, I would say much like uh, the state of Israel was thought to have been created as a as a yeah. haven for for Jewish people everywhere. That's what Asteroid M is, and of course Magneto, survivor of the survivor of, of, the, the, Holocaust. of the Holocaust. Yeah. Sorry, what would you find there, bud? So uh, you can buy. I'm actually buying. Uh, the first five of this one for like uh, twenty bucks. Yeah, so, all right. Yeah, but see, still, but it, that's something. But you know, honestly, the, it. And this is what I try to tell people: it doesn't matter if the comic book is. You know, they're like, "Oh, is it so sought after?" It only matters if it matters to you. Yeah, like I would pay, you know, a lot more money for a comic book that means something to me. Well, and then Chris, honestly, those days are gone. I mean, the days of uh, of a comic book selling for for thousands of dollars uh, uh, are, are gone. And the, you know the no, whole you know the whole reason for that, right? You, the, the only reason that Amazing Fantasy, yeah, uh, uh, because the first Spider Man, they threw them out. They threw them out. You did, they did. There were limited printings, and people didn't hold on to no, comic they books. Threw, they read them, then they threw them in the trash. And, and that's, that's and you what know, happened. The reason that, that many of the comic books from the '90s are so worthless now is because comic books, they the, the companies, they got greedy. Yeah. They were thinking, "Oh my God, people are going to buy up all of these comic books." Like, They're, do you remember like the the uh, some Carnage and everything like that when they would yeah. do like, the first appearances and stuff and they would sell like a million copies. Yeah, because it was people, speculators on the industry, they right. bought the comic right. books thinking that they were going to be worth something and then the comic book companies were like, well, holy shit, everyone's buying all these comics. Print more, yeah. print more. Yeah. And of course, it's basic economics when you have, it's supply and demand when you have something that's more available, well, it's not worth well, anything. Well, that's like, you know, and, and uh, unfortunately, like people like think they found the holy grail and they hang on to things like, I know we're kind of jumping off topic, but uh, Model T Fords. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
you would you would think that the first kind of vehicle that was ever built probably you know relatively you know uh worthwhile to, to hold on to and valuable right sure sure if in good condition yeah sure yeah they sell for maybe about six to seven thousand dollars do you know why really what why is that there were something like two million of these cars built. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Two million. They're not rare. They're not rare yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. They're not rare at all. And that, exactly. And, and unfortunately, but like I said, like my all-time favorite comic that I, I ever owned, you know, I got as a birthday gift. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you could probably buy it now for like five bucks. Yeah, five yeah, bucks. Ex- yeah, exactly. You know. So anyway, continue with the story. So I'm sorry. so sorry. So uh, that was pretty much the the synopsis. Uh, th- this storyline, we see the introduction of the X Men Blue and Gold teams, Ooh. and yeah, and and I know, uh, you know, I think really for you and and me, really, oh, this is I- this is our X Men. That's team. the iconic X Men. This is this is the roster that influenced the '90s cartoon, yeah. and it's it's really what a lot of fans. This is the Cyclops when he find out that he has gorgeous brown hair, and it's not like with a cap. Right up until that point, he just he wore the you know the the. I don't know the swimmer's cap yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on his head the whole time, um, but it's what a lot of fans think of when they think of the the X Men. Now I don't know. I mean, maybe millennials now they have a different image of what that is. But well, with the X, you know, remember when he killed all the X Men? Cyclops has a different image now. Y- yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I don't know. But, but for for me, a guy who's in it, I almost said thirties. Like, huh, I wish. But uh, yeah. yes, go on. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, for for a generation uh, Xer. Uh, for me, this was my, you know, like they say, you know, y- y- your first Bond. Uh, this was my first X-Men team. Right, right, this was, I got This you. is how it was introduced. And I had some speculation as to why I think this team is so iconic and why it resonates so much by fans. So I'm, I'm going to share this with you, and you, you tell me what you think. Go ahead. So I, I think that it may be a fan favorite because it's really a, a combination. You get a mixture of, think about it, you get... All of the classic X Men, the original, oh, yeah. there. the original Cyclops, Iceman, Angel, Beast, Jean Grey. They were they were the original five, and they add on. They were the original five, so you get the original five X Men. Mm-hmm. Then, just prior to this team, you had the '80s teams, which was kind of a mishmash of different people. But you get they kind of took the creme de la creme from the the 80s team you you have Wolverine, Rogue, Colossus, Psylocke and oh, Storm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those were those were sort of the 80s X-Men. Right. Um and then you had sort of the newcomers of the time. Now I realize these you know now they're not the newcomers but of the time these were the rookies. Oh, you don't say. You had uh, you had uh, uh Gambit, uh Bishop and you had Jubilee. And you know what's funny? Shout out to Jim Fern. Yeah, Jim Fern, good job. Thank you, sir. We really appreciate that. Um you know, it's what's something kind of funny though. So in the comic books, like Bishop is pretty prominent, but if you remember, like in the TV series, he was in like two episodes. Yeah, I was thinking about that, Chris. When I was wa- when you watch the cartoon, the makeup of that team, they kind of cherry picked from the did. the the gold and the blue team because like, Psylocke was never in N- there. No, no Psylocke. Colossus no, was there every once in no, a while. No, no Archangel. Uh, no, no, no. They did. They did an Archangel. But he, but he wasn't a regular on the show. He no, wasn't no, a regular no, no, team but, he, but no, uh, the Apocalypse series, when they did the, the Age of Apocalypse, yeah, he yeah. becomes the actual Archangel with the metal wings. So, so this they were is, selling action figures. This is sort of my, my thought as to why this team uh, is so iconic, because you get a mixture of the, the, the classic 
uh, with the popular characters of the 80s and then with some of the newcomers. So what, what did I what do I like about this? So I was yeah. I recently, you know, your 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 uh, pitch for the the casting call really kind of got me thinking and got me sort of uh, nostalgic for the, you know, my my X-Men team. So Right. Um I reread this, and I hadn't I hadn't picked this up in years, Chris. I had I had not read this book in years, so I really looked at it with fresh eyes. Uh, it goes without saying, Jim Lee's artwork is just delicious. I mean, that's all. I, I mean, that it, it is it is a feast yes, for the eyes. It really is. It is just the man. Uh, if I could, I aspire to be just in my own way. Uh, at the level of talent that that Mr. Jim Lee is, I I love his artwork. Uh, not I, I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but I, I there there's certain different critiques of his of his work, but I I, I think love it. His artwork is just yeah. delicious. No no no, but well, um, we're product, but but then again, we're product of the '90s and '80s, and that is you know yeah that that w- it very much shaped uh, my kind of my my perception of artwork. Um, we're we're treated to some great Aquin Aquin Aquin. <laughs> we're treated to some great action sequences. Aquin. That first, if you if you look at it, just flip through the first couple of pages of X Men oh, yeah. One, and there's this great danger room sequence. You don't find oh. out. You don't find out that it's the danger oh, room until course. afterward because. This danger room is kind of akin to the holodeck on Star Trek. It can make so it was well, no, even in the um, even in the cartoon series, you knew they were in the danger room because it was like big metal and everything like that. But they never had the hologram. The way that this is presented here, the the um, sorry, the first scene with uh, it's yeah, past yeah, the first scene it, with Magneto, don't worry, keep going. but we get kind of our introduction to. All Ooh, of Nick the Fury. all of the X Men, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, oh. it's, it's I'm I'm gonna get to him in a, in a moment, but um, we get this beautiful sort of uh, oh, training sequence. Forge. Uh, Forge, yeah, he was, and I believe he was on the Gold Team, but not as prominent a character. And Banshee. Oh, so, and we get the cool hover wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, the for for Professor X. So, uh, it it opens, you know, the book opens with this great kind of dramatic uh, space chase. Look at these. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's just beautiful. Like I said, ah. delicious, delicious artwork. Um, Chris Claremont wrote some of the best dialogue and created a story that I really think just elevated the sophistication of of, of comic book storytelling. Um, and it's it's just one of the great examples of science fiction because you're you're telling. A story about the human condition using fantastic circumstances. Ooh, and they also had a scheme in here. Call one nine hundred two eight eight X Men and battle the X Men's deadliest enemies. How to play? You call the number. You'll start by battling Magneto's henchmen. Summon the appropriate X Men based on their powers and confrontation at hand. Wait for the cue and activate their powers by pressing the star key. Chris, we totally need within to ca- the designated time. We need to see. We, if we it's need. Still we here. need to call. We need to call that. We need to call that and see if that's that line still works. Uh, it's a one nine hundred, so it's <laughs> probably porn. It's probably a sex line so, now, dude. But here's the thing: it's a dollar seventy five for the first minute and seventy five cents each additional minute. Oh, we could totally front that. I will tell you right now: had my parents, like, if I had ever done that, oh, they beat my ass. <laughs> I'd probably be living outside. What the hell is this? <laughs> well, who called the X Men? What is that? Is that some type of adult entertainment? Oh my god! So what Chris is referring to, I, I actually have the actual issue here, and so there was a yeah, there was a uh, Ooh, some type of you solicitation. Actually, you actually win stuff. Y- yeah. So uh, to claim prizes, you print your choice 
of cover along with your name, address, uh, age, phone number, and prize claim number on a 3x5 card, and then you send it to them. And what you can win, you can win a plate-signed X-Men number one cover with your choice of product coupons. Level two, cover coupons plus a special edition X-Men poster. <laughs> That's not all. Top scores will be listed in a future X-Men comic. Look at that. I'm sorry. You I know, just... whenever I get a, just a little too highfalutin, I can always count on you to help bring me back down to earth. <laughs> oh, you know what else I really like, by the way? Yes, go so on. So this was something that Jim, that Jim Lee did. You want to read this now, don't you? Oh, yeah, I, I, I totally do. But I love, you know, that Cyclops has brought his, his visor down and he's actually got his ruby glasses on. And Yeah, man, I mean, it, it's it's great. I mean, the artwork in it is, is just beautiful. It, it, it's just really, really good. And, but the writing is also really great. We get Ooh. we get characters that are presented with with complexity. So, you know, we it, it's it's essentially the story, the story, the human story here is that when you have fear motivating you, good people do bad things for good reasons. Yeah. That that's basically what it is. Yeah. And so you get um you know ultimately those those good people doing the bad things for good reasons it leads to horrible horrible consequences. So you have on the one hand you have Magneto. So Ma- Magneto in in defense of uh you know basically all of mutant kind he he justifies murder. I mean, he uh, you don't see it in this comic book. It's a, it's an event from an earlier story, but he he destroys uh, an an entire submarine, uh, an entire right. Russian submarine, right. and there's this really great moment that Claremont creates where so there he he raises the uh, the sub because he wants the the nuclear missiles. He he brings it up to asteroid M. He needs the what? The the missiles. Say it right. The missiles. The nuclear vessel. Oh, the nu- uh, he bring he raises the nuclear vessel <laughs> to get the missiles. Do it, Koenig. And and so during the the fight, he gets he gets knocked into. Um, you tell Lando. Yeah, I know. Lando, leave us alone? La- yeah, right, Lando's calling me right now. Um. So. So um, yeah, Lando. Jeez. Uh, so during the fight, Magneto gets uh, knocked into the sub, and he he finds the remains. It's the skeletal remains of the crew that he killed. Ooh. And there's this great moment where I'm going to read it to you because I uh, this is the dialogue. It was just so great. He says, "Look at that. Just, just, just yeah, it's just it, it is. It, it's it's a feast for the eyes." Anyway, so this is Magneto after he he's encountering the bodies of the sailors. He's trying to avoid. All this time, he thought about them in abstract. Pawns instead of men. Now, though, at last, he finds himself face to face with the consequences of his acts. And he remembers another time. Other bodies. Bones still coated with the flesh of family and friends. Tossed into lime-soaked pit. And him along with them. Only he was still alive. So you have this moment, right, where Magneto thinks he's in the right because I have to defend all of humankind. At all I have, costs. At all costs. At I have seen costs. the evils wrought by men when, when the evil of man he goes unchecked. He has seen the evil that lurks in the hearts of men. He ha- that's a different guy, but yes. But he has. Yes, but he has. Like the shadow, he has. And he thinks he's justified. And it doesn't deter him. But he 
Magneto has this little pause, this little moment where he sees the bodies of these sailors that he's killed, and he hadn't really thought of them as people. Me either, the commies. He just <laughs> he thought of them as as just pawns, as pawns They're on things. a chessboard. Yeah. And he has this moment where they become human to him, and it's enough to make him wonder: Am I am I doing the right thing? Am I going about this the right way? And and that's what I'm. That's great storytelling. I mean, that's that's great. I mean, that's right, what this it is all about. And it, it honestly, and that and that's one thing that I've always loved about, you know, like this kind of series is th- these kind of things make you think. Yeah, they're kind of a, ahead of their time. That made you look and go. Hmm, okay. It's good to pick up a book that is just some, you know, some dumb fun every once in a while. Like we we've talked about, I've talked about, you know, the like the your your Ash versus uh, Bubba Hotaps. I oh, mean, yeah. that, that's just dumb fun. I mean, it's but it's it, it's got nothing you know. to say of substance. It's it's fun, but I love it. I I truly love it in my comic books, in my movies, in my literature, where you have something to say about the. The, the human condition and what they're saying here in these books is that when people are afraid, good people can be forced to do horrible things, and it usually has horrible consequences. Well, I think I think Winter Soldier talked about that as well. I mean, that's the why oh yeah the movie the yeah yeah already targeting potential threats. This is this is not freedom, it, right? This rem- is fear. And remember what he said. He goes, I I thought you know being guilty came. After the crime, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, and it's it's kind of the same thing. A- absolutely, absolutely. So, so this is this is this is really great. I love this. Uh, as far as so that that f- that'd be my favorite moment. My, f- okay, my favorite so moment in the book. Okay, so what did you like? So revisiting it again, um, there's a, there's a plot de- contrivance in here where Doctor Moira McTaggart, ah. which is she is sort of the scientist, sort of BFF of the the X Men. Uh, I'm not going to get into the minutia of it, but su- suffice to say, it's revealed that she does something to Magneto at some point earlier, but prior to the story, she altered his genetic makeup with the hope of, in a sense, turning him good. And and so, then Magneto, when he finds out that she had altered his DNA, she uh, here we are, right back at the. D- Why does it always come back to DNA again? What is it with me and DNA? I know. Um, He's furious, and of course he orders her once he's captured and sub- change subdued. Me back. Well, no, 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 not change me back, but once make me eviler. The- <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Once, once the acolytes have subdued the X Men's blue team, he orders her to turn them bad. Oh. Turn them, turn them back. Oh. Do what you did to me, but do it to them and make them not bad. But of course, from from his point of view, he's he's good. But yeah, yeah. make them loyal to me. For as it it just seems cheap. Okay. It just like it it just seems like such the a, magic crystal that brought someone back to life kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it seemed like just such a lame plot device in an otherwise just really great story, and it takes away from what what's great is. The, the concept of free will, when you have people choosing, good people choosing to do bad things in the name of, uh, what's, of, right. of, of what's right. You know, it's funny, uh, with that theme, we're, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Th- yeah. That theme is obviously a reoccurring thing in comic books. I just, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I got to remember. Sure, remember sure. That, so. a- absolutely. So I just thought that was kind of a lame plot device. What else device. did you like? Because I think this one's hilarious. Uh, 
it's it's definitely dated, dude. <laughs> it's, it's just it's dated. You don't I mean, say. Yeah, I mean, it's just dated when you when you Ow. look at it. It's just well, like Nick Fury. We, we talk about Nick Fury, and and he appears in this, and I like his interactions with the team. Just the overall kind of costume design, just the pouches. So many, you know, all the Lee Field pouches. Hey, freaking and, Cyclops has pouches going across his legs. Yeah, you, hey, it's, you never know. It's just very very nineties. But you know who doesn't have pockets? Wolverine. Wolverine. He he needs no pockets. Jean Grey has no pockets he either. Ne- well, G- L- that's another thing. Let's t- let me say this about that. Let me say this I about that. This so, fifteen-year-old me reading this comic loved it because oh, it's Psylocke. Psylocke was my first like comic yeah, book crush. Yeah, exactly. Just the just the real kind of and, and not that things have gotten that much better, but just kind of the the blatant objectification of the female characters. Hey, Beast I mean, is almost naked. Yeah, yeah. Okay, He's almost naked. Yeah. All right. All right, dude. It's not the same. And not for nothing, but Archangel looks like he belongs in a street luge. There are there are just moments where no, I agree. like Jean Grey is basically she's oh, sometimes Gambit, Gambit's kissing her in that one. Like he he wins a prize. Yeah, yeah. There, it, it, Jean Grey in in some cases I feel is reduced sort of to like an ornament. There's so many times where right because like. Cyclops is doing the hero pose, and she's doing the Danielle Steele. You know that, like hanging the, on, hanging on to him. You mean and the Star Wars pose? Yeah, the Star Wars pose. It's like, come, it's like, come no, on, dude. But, but I, I get it. I mean, it was, again, it was the, it. it was the nineties. What was one of the main themes of the X Men? Wolverine and Cyclops fighting over her. Uh, yeah, it's and always like I look at it, and I'm like. Huh. It, it's just How like, does she feel about this? It just give her give her some agency, man. Give her some agency. Join but me, but it, it was the nineties. It was a crazy time. But you know what though? And it's something that you know, I think the world has to take an account for. Mm-hmm. And I watched something recently and it's something I want to talk about in movie talk. Mm-hmm. Um but it's uh ba- basically w- what it is is, you know, if we are to censor everything and to take all of this away, then it basically it's like, oh, that never happened. Oh yeah, and I'm not saying censor it. No, 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 no. But no, no, no. But what I'm saying is, is you know, it's stuff like that that you take a look at and you're like, hey, you know, yeah, this shit happened. Well, and God knows, I mean, ten years from now, when we look back on things that are entertainment, I'm sure they'll find stuff. They'll be like, ooh, God, you know. So right. it's it's fine. No. Overall, man, this this gets a solid uh, A for me. I mean, this right. it's 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 great. If you if you're an X Men fan, if you're kind of a newer reader and you're looking to get into the X Men and you don't really care about current continuity, I I recommend this yeah. highly. I mean, it's it's a great story. First three issues, you can Chris just picked up what you picked them up for twenty bucks. Yeah, about first that. first five issues. So yeah, uh, real quick, I, I wanted to talk about. So my favorite Batman comic. It is a year one. Batman comic. It's the 1995 annual special, and it was the okay. 90s introduction to the Scarecrow. Right? Did you ever read that? I have that one. So do I. Love that one. L- one of my all-time favorite stories. That is actually what got me into comic book reading, and like really reading it and loving all of them and reading through my Batmans and just ripping through them. Do you know how much I can buy this for right now? No. A dollar fifty. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just, but. Once, like what, like I said before, if I didn't have it, I buy it. I would tell right. you right now, buy it. Yeah, it's. Buy it, it, I, buy I, it, buy I, it. I like that issue. It's a fantastic story. I love that story. And like, if I was ever to direct a Batman movie, that would be the story that I use. Yeah, I, I, I like that. So all right, so you want to do some movie talk? Let's do some movie talk, man. Yeah. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. 
When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. This episode was badly written! Joey, you like movies about gladiators? Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria! Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Um, so we, we got a couple things to talk about, man. We, 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 I mean, so just to give you a preview, uh, I'm going to do just a, a quick kind of overview on my thoughts on the end of game of Thrones, yeah. not going into spoiler territory okay. because yeah, you haven't seen I it. Haven't seen it yet. I, I know, um, like I said, I already know what kind of happens and you know, so we're going to talk a little bit spoilers. Damn internet. For that. Yeah. Uh, and then we got to do our Avengers end game kind of free for all discussion. Right. right. Uh, and then, Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Jalapenos. Uh, and then we're going to do table read again. We're going to do a scene out of okay. Princess Bride. All right. And then oh, we, I know we have a couple trailers to talk about, too. Yeah, so yeah, so uh, why don't we start with the, the trailers real quick? Uh, it, too. Oh, uh, what, that we got funny. that trailer a couple weeks ago. What do you think about it? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, it's kind of neat that they're actually giving Pennywise a background. I don't. Th- I don't think that they are. I think that was that little moment in the trailer. You're talking about the moment where, where you find out that the the but picture where of he the, came the from kind of thing. Do you think that? Do you think that's you know? I, I this is my thought, and this is based only obviously only on the, on the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pennywise, kind of like much like Heath Ledger's Joker, I could see him came as being from the kind of guy that kind of likes to fuck with people and w- may make up shit about where he comes from. Could be or. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, maybe he was from that town, and you know, it could have whatever been the whatever the being is what that it is it, it assumes the form of that man right. because it's sort of. It, I thought the, it was neat. It 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 was yeah. <laughs> it was it yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, you know what? Can I just say something for a minute about what freaks me out? Huh. Old decrepit women. You, you know what? You, you know what? That that old woman. She's she's scary. As hell. She creeped me out. But but you know I want to know. Does that does that creep you out? Kind of, but not her. Not her. There's another old woman in a Stephen King story that bothers the hell out of me. Oh, um, can I guess? Go ahead. Is it the woman in room? Uh, I think it was three seventeen. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, it just. Uh, what does that say about us psychologically, Chris? Well, because here's the thing. Because we already assume something like. You know, elderly people—they they don't move as fast, and they don't—you know—and they—and they—and they're—they're normally generally pretty sweet, unless they're you know decrepit old assholes. But the thing is, is like the way that they start to move, and her legs start bending ways that it's Ooh, not supposed yeah, to be moving. Yeah. And then she's moving way faster in the, in the background. Yeah, so you're it's, moving it's, way faster. It's than disturbing. You're like, yeah. Oh, what the fuck? And like I told you, as soon as I heard the cookies, I was like, get the fuck out, go, 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 go. <laughs> You know, everyone kind of has their thing that they're scared of. Some people, it's clowns. Some people, it's... For me, and, and I don't know exactly what this is about, it is either... It, and it doesn't have to be old. Right. Scary women. Like the... <laughs> and as I say that, I'm kind of figuring out maybe what, what that's about a little bit. Do you want to go sit on the couch? I feel like I want to go sit on the couch and do a session. Yeah. Um, Like the woman from The Shining, uh, the in the first It, okay. uh, the woman from The Painting. Yeah. Freaked me out. Okay. Uh, even this, it's a horrible movie, but uh, don't, uh, oh God, what was it? 
uh, Dead Silence, the, the one with the, the, the ventriloquist, the, the ghost know. of the woman. No, it was the ghost of the woman who could inhabit ventriloquist dolls. Oh, my God. So With one of the Wahlbergs. Yes. So, funny thing with You that know the movie, one I'm talking about. They actually did a house at Halloween Horror Nights. And you actually walked in, and all the ventriloquist dummies, like, their heads moved and followed you. Right, right, right. So I wonder what that says about me and about you and I, that that scares us in particular. Well, you know what? The woman that scared me is grown up as a kid, right? Actually, it was multiple, kind of multiple women. Did you ever see the movie Return to Oz? And we've talked about it multiple times on the show. That is a disturbing movie. I have never seen it. I've seen clips of it. in general. So anyway, there is a witch It's like an acid trip. Yeah, there's a witch there, and her name is Mombi. Okay. And Mombi... Turned everybody to stone, but had all the beautiful women that were there and lops off their heads. And she changes heads like shoes. Yeah. And she has this long hallway. And she has all of their heads like on display. And then she goes and she switches them out and does all that kind of stuff. And Dorothy has to go through there to get the, the, the magic powder to make things come to life. And as she does, all the heads wake up. Uh, and they start yelling and screaming and banging their heads on the, the oh glass. Yeah, that, that is sheer ni- nightmare fuel. So, Actually, and this is kind of, you know, art imitating life kind of thing. So this happens, right? I see this movie. Terrifies the hell out of me. Right. My father, the next weekend, takes me to the... Head shop? uh, No, he takes me to the New York State Museum of Natural History. And in one of the sections, what do they have? They have this giant long row with these wooden cabinets, Mm -hmm. but they had powdered wigs. On all of the displays. Oh, uh, no. And he grabbed me by the hand. He goes, hey, let's go take a look at this. And I'm nope. five years old nope. screaming at him and kicking him nope. and telling him, no, 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 no. And he goes, why? I go, they're going to start screaming. No, 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 no. Yep. That bothered the hell out of me. Uh, so I, I totally see it. Poor baby Totally Chris. see it. Shit, so now, who, now who, who, who could have thought we would have talked so long about that? So now <laughs> our fans are going to be like, oh, I'm going to send this to you. Go ahead. I've, I've, I've talked about it in therapy, but you know, <laughs> it still bothers that a lot of me. Are, are there any other trailers that we, we got to talk about? or is um, that is The that most it? recent Godzilla. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love seeing all of the creatures. I love that we're going to get, and I love that they explain that there are some that are good. And some that are not. I'm I'm so excited for that movie. I've uh, I've I've grown up on Godzilla. It's been a staple of mine yeah, for years. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. I consider myself something of a subject matter expert. Don't ask me what actor played him no, in no, what no, movie because I can't tell but you. Like but like Rodan coming from the volcano, you know, and and like, and and it, he's a bad guy in this, yeah. Godzilla, Rodan. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think he's think a bad Because if we were doing sort of a Dungeons and Dragons classification, mm-hmm. I think he would be a chaotic good okay. or chaotic neutral. Well, we already know who the main villain is. Oh, it's yeah, it's King Ghidra. Oh my God, yeah, it's yeah, King yeah. Ghidra, monstrous, yeah, monstrous. I mean, and then Mothra, you know, is in it, and I always forget the turtle's name. Okay, I think you're thinking of Gamera. Yeah, but that's not. Yeah, Gamera. Gamera was a different company than Godzilla. Well, there's a giant turtle in this one. I, I, I if. You might be thinking of Angaris, sure. who was kind of like uh, had spikes on his shell. Yeah, yeah, is that yeah. the one? You're, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. all right, yeah, yeah, but yeah. But you that. see him in it. Is it. So, so you think they're going to have Angaris in it, huh? Oh yeah, no, 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 not watch the trailer. He's in it. I mean, you can tell by his turtle shell and everything. I, I'm, I, He's one of the first ones that they like pet. I, I can't tell you how excited I am for this. I mean, it, no, I it, it's a Godzilla movie done done right. right. Yeah, it looks yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. It looks amazing. Um, so we got that. We got the uh, 
after Avengers, we got the Spider-Man. Um, oh yeah, yeah. The that's right. The Far From Home the trailer. Far From Home trailer. Yeah. Because they had to wait till Avengers. Uh, and actually, I don't know if you saw it. Because there's a big spoiler. Well, there was in a there. little clip before it, and they actually had. Uh, oh God, I Tom was, Holland. Tom Holland saying, "Hey, look, you know, I know I'm big on spoilers, you know, and I've I've been known to spoil things." He said, "However." If you haven't seen Avengers, don't watch this. He, he let me just say this about about Tom Holland. He seems like a really nice guy from what I've oh. seen about him. Uh, have you have you seen have you seen video word, of him? There is one word that describes him. Yeah, adorable. Yeah, well that yeah, adorable. <laughs> like literally he he just you're seems, so cute. Like he just seems so wholesome and you know he really fits. But have you seen videos of him? He oh, yeah. goes to children's hospitals dressed, dressed up as Spider Man, and and I think he is a trained. Um, Gymnast? No, he is. He actually went and bought one of their uh, inflatable tumble mats, mm-hmm. so that way he could practice doing all of like the Spider-Man poses and flips and everything like that. So he didn't need a stuntman. He he seems like just a really nice dude. So all right, so we got we got those trailers. So, uh, but let's talk about let's talk about real quick. Yeah. So the Spider-Man trailer. Yeah. Um, did you notice what sunglasses he's been wearing? Kind of coping. I hadn't noticed he was wearing Tony is sunglasses. It Tony's They're, sunglasses. He's been wearing Tony's sunglasses. Okay, okay. And then we finally find out that Mysterio, right, right, is from a different world, a different and alternate universe, quote unquote. And we get to see the fishbowl. Like that's legit. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. legit. It's it's like, comics I looked, accurate. I was like, yes, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's a crazy time. But I love it? it that people are like, you know. I had heard people were like, "Oh yeah, he's the new hero," and I was like, oh, "He's a hero for long." You find that out. Are you are you thinking what I'm thinking that the whole it's incredible. Th- he, he's he's scamming everyone. It's the incredible. He's scamming everyone. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the incredible scenario. He is where syndrome, and yes, yeah, he's he scamming creates everyone. these monsters so that way he can defeat them because I have come to help you. And it's it's the know. Walter Peck theory. Yes, it's basically he creates the illusions so that he can conveniently show up right. to deal with them and make money and make money make money. Um. Yeah, I, I'm excited for that movie. No, it looks great. Uh, and I'm I'm curious to see how what direction they they go with it. Uh, I'll be in, it'll be interesting if they don't actually make Mysterio uh, a villain. Yeah, because it'll be kind of it, it, it'll be kind of a, a curveball that yeah. I, I didn't see coming. Me so either, but, um, but you know, we're, I'm I'm in. They've yeah, they, no, I want to see it. I'm I'm down. I'm I'm totally going to see it. So let's just talk a minute about the Game of Thrones finale. Okay. So I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. Starbucks uh, cup. So <laughs> Starbucks. Starbucks cup. cup. That's um, what people were mostly pissed off about. I no no. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a, if only if only Chris. <laughs> so, so so here here's the here's can the I, deal. Can I tell you what I know? Yeah yeah. Tell me okay. what you know, and then that way I won't people spoil anything for you. People have been comparing this ending to the Dexter ending. On Showtime, I, I did not see the end of Dexter. I just knew it, it was, was a, it was a huge, huge letdown. Okay, huge letdown. At some point now with the Game of Thrones, did you hear that there is a petition for them to redo the photo season? Yes, I've heard that. Hey, good, listen, good luck, guys. I I am a champion for nerds, but God, I'm going to tell speed. you guys right now, you ain't getting it. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. Sorry. However, George R. R. Martin said that he is. Go, when he finishes his story, it, mm-hmm. there will be a different ending. I I believe it, there will be a different He's ending. He's going to kill everybody. I do not believe it's going to be that different from the show. Um, what do you know about Daenerys? What do you, what do you know about uh, Daenerys Storborn? 
Uh, Khaleesi. Wh- wh- what uh, do you mean? Like what part? Well, what? Just tell me what know, you know about how her her story wh- ends. Well, it ends. Tell me what you know about her. Yeah. Basic. I'm not gonna give her a whole life story, but basically, no, no, the, no just the at the end of the show. What happens at the end of the show with her? Oh, I know that that Jon Snow is gonna kill her. Okay, and do you know anything about why he kills her? Well, he he's she's his aunt. He yeah. is. The Targaryen, and I want to say that I was right. By the way, did you did you call this? I called that years ago. Oh shit! I said that he was a Targaryen, and when he came, when when Ned came with that baby in hand, that that was a Targaryen baby, and he said, "Look, they're gonna kill me here. Please take my son and raise him as your own." Well, look at you. Do me that one last favor. Holy shit! I called that years ago. All right, so I'm I'm curious as someone that's not caught up on the show. I kind of want to hear your theory, and I'm not gonna confirm. What do you mean? Or I want to hear your theory about why he kills her. So why do you think he kills her? I think she's just mad with power, and she wants to like destroy everything. So it's it's the final ending of a problem. He's like, look, it's it's basically the Jean Grey Phoenix scenario. They're like, look, we love Jean, but she's going to destroy the world. So unfortunately, the the way of the you know few out outweigh. Yeah. Uh, I'm so all right. I'm not going to confirm or deny okay. any of that, but I'm I'm going to say this. I I was not happy right. with the eighth season, uh, like like many. I, I think you know. And then there was also saying like the the cinematography, like one scene, it was just so goddamn dark, and everyone's like, I Ep- can't see a goddamn thing. It's called episode three, the long night. Yeah, I I th- actually thought there was something wrong with my television too. I will say this: season eight is not without things that I liked. We are treated to some satisfying conclusions for some characters. Right. Other characters who we have followed for years. eight years now, ten, I feel... Oh, I think it's ten, isn't it? They're, no, it was, eight, it was eight seasons, wasn't it? Yeah, it was eight, eight, eight seasons. Yeah, yeah. That their resolutions were rushed, and that it, it that just... Sucks. It felt to me like the showrunners just, they wanted to end it, that for whatever reason, either they were short on money, and they felt like, well, we just have to get this stuff wrapped up, it it just felt very very rushed, oh. and it was it was disappointing. And there's something else that everyone's joking out about. What? So they have a picture of Bran like sitting there, and it says, you know, when your school project, your group school project, everybody does all the work, you do nothing, and you, <laughs> and you still get an A. Do you do? You, and so do you know why? Do you know? Yeah, he can why? just sit there. He ain't doing a goddamn thing. Do you know? Okay, so you don't know. Basically, why they, they're they leave him at Winterfell. They go and handle their business, and then they come back, and he's like, "Oh, I'm still here." I am not going to say anything. But so I'm gonna. Yeah, I, we'll have to talk about it All when right. you watch it. Okay. Right. So Avengers Endgame, man. Let's uh, let's so we can let's, talk about final let's ending the series. Dive deep. All let's right. just. So let's I want to start this question. This is something that I proposed to you earlier. Who do you feel was the most important hero? Of the movie. So at first, I was going to say Iron Man. Okay. And, and I can see And I'll, I'll give you my reasoning for that. Okay. Uh, Doctor Strange in, in Infinity War gives up the Time Stone to save Tony's life. Right. Because in all of the different... We now know that in all of the different futures that he visited... Everything failed. Everything failed but except th- for the one. And, where Tony and, sacrifices and Tony was Tony was the key. Uh, but then... I was going to say, my I'd say, well, not Tony, Ant Man, was the most important character because without him, they wouldn't have the time. They travel. would not have the ability to time travel. And so, if you really want to get technical, it is at least his n- idea, not Scott Lang, but really Hank Pym. Okay, 
I like this. So Hank Pym slash Scott Lang. Mine's a little different. All right. Uh, you're not going to say the rat, are oh, you? Are you going to say? Ah! Absolutely the rat. Because if it wasn't for the rat, then Scott wouldn't have been, wouldn't have shown up. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but no, no, no. But in all time, <laughs> but in, in, in all actuality, like if we're talking like a human, uh-huh. I would say Scott. I would say Scott right, in a heartbeat. Right. Because if it wasn't for Scott, then they wouldn't have come up with the idea for them to have you know, the time heist, you know, leave it to the thief yeah. to come up with a way of yeah. stealing stuff. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, um, where do we start with this? Right. I mean, it's just, let's it's a monolith. I mean, where do we, let's where do we go? Did you really like it? I loved it. Okay. I loved it. I, 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 if, if. How many it, times have you seen it? Where it well, once, once. Where, you've seen, seen it, it twice. twice? I've seen it twice. I, I, I kind of feel like Charlie Bucket. You know, in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate You're Factory. You're just happy to be here, aren't you? Where, no, well, well, remember when it's uh, his math teacher is trying to teach them about percentages, and he goes, Charlie Bucket, how many how many Wonka bars did you have? Just, two. Yeah. Two? What do you mean you only opened two? That's right. like I'm feeling like Charlie Bucket. No, it's okay. Were it not for the time constraints and everything, I would have gone to see it again and again no, and no, again. No, 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 I, I totally agree with I, you. I love this movie. I, I will not go as so far as to say it is my favorite comic book movie of Agreed. all time. Agreed. But it is definitely in my top five. Okay. Favorite scene. Ooh. I know there's a lot, and if you have multiples, we can come up God, with God, this is such a Sophie's Choice here. Um, favorite scene. God. Well, the nerd in me just wants to say that epic battle at the end where everyone is just on screen and everyone just kind of has their moment. I, I like that. I, um, I had a nerdgasm. There, I'm not going to lie. There is kind of a part of that that kind of pissed me off. Well, m- multiple. We'll, we'll talk about those in the bad. Um I think I think one of my all-time favorites for me was all the alternate timelines that Cap opened. Did you notice this? Alternate timelines that Cap opened. What do you mean? So they go. It wasn't. It wasn't just. I mean, it wasn't just Cap, but I mean, you got to look at these alternate timelines. Okay. Loki vanishes. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Where the hell does he yeah, go? Yeah, so the creation, the creation of creation now all of these, of these alternate universes. Also, sure, sure. You're, you're talking about Loki from 2010 or whatever it was? Yeah, steals the Tesseract. Right. Yeah. So we have that. Think about this. When Cap is fighting Avengers Cap. Mirror match. Mirror match, right? You know, the fight. So they, they, go on, they go on the fight, and that Cap is winning, and he's starting to choke him out. Right, how right, he, right. How does he get him to stop? Uh, well, I thought it was he looked his uh, compass. His no. his compass flips out, right? Cap's choking him, right? Yeah, right. And he says to him, "Bucky's alive." Ah, that's so right. Right, there, that's right. It gives it like, already lets that cap know. Gives him pause. Bucky is alive, so he's going to start looking for him early. He's going to start looking for him. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but like you look at all these other little nuances and changes, mm-hmm. and um, so basically the way that time travel was explained. You're also you're gonna have movie. a guardians. You're gonna have a guardians now that don't that maybe don't even form. Or also too that Gamora and Star Lord might not stay together. Right. Well, and and but think think about it. In so they they basically at the end of the movie they have killed the the Thanos from 2014. Oh boy, did they? So. Thanos, his minions, 
everybody, they're gone. They don't return to 2014. Yes. So now you don't have a Thanos that's looking for the Infinity Gems. You still have a Ronin. You still have a, you still have a Ronin. So Ronin still might be a problem. Uh, and, that, and that's something I want to discuss. We're going to talk about that. You don't. Gamora from 2014 is now is now in 2019. Oh, you're talking Ronan the Accuser. Ronan the Accuser, yeah. Okay, not n- Ronan oh, the Ninja. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, not Ronan the Ninja. See, um, that got a little convoluted. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Continue. So, so yeah, uh, sorry, I, I don't want to step on your No, 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 no you're not stepping here. on anything. So, so basically, yeah, there's the creation of all these alternate timelines. But was that your favorite scene? I mean, No, or, no, no. Just, so, okay. one of the things that I, I love that they did, and it's kind of a sad thing, but it was still, it was very beautiful in the way that they did it. And it was the way they portrayed Thor's PTSD. So he kills Thanos. He finally, you know, and what does he say? What'd you do? I went for, went the, head. for the head. You know, like what he was planning on doing anyway. Right, right, right. And he actually kind of regrets it. And he locks himself away and secludes himself and drowns himself in food and beer. Sure, and sure. Staying away from everyone except Korg and the little beetle guy. And Meek. But, but, but that's that's all he does. He doesn't come out. He doesn't do anything. And like the way that that was portrayed to me, I was like, wow. And and when they mentioned he's always won. Well, he's he's always won. This right. is the one time he's ever truly faced failure. And then they mention, you know, um, they say his name, and they say, hey, we need your help. Oh and yeah. He just yeah. looks at them, and they're like, we don't say that name. Yeah, yeah. His whole demeanor changes. Yeah, like he, like serious. Bang. And, and props, by the way, to Chris Hemsworth, yes. amazing actor. Yes, and like I said, it was just, it was one of those things where I looked at it and I was like, wow. And then, a little later on, when they have to, uh, they go back to Thor the Dark World, mm-hmm. and Thor gets to talk to his mother again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. You know, just j- and I, I loved it that you know he's trying to play it cool, and she's like, y- "The future has not been kind to you." Yeah, and oh he's looking, and he's like, "He's like, no, no, I'm from here. I'm from here." She goes, "Why are your eyes too difficult?" Well, well, you know, you remember the battle when that happened, and, and it just, oh, I'm totally for the future, you know. And, and just, <laughs> but she knew, you know, and she knew, In and she only still, the way a mom could know. And she tells him, you know, I was raised by a witch's boy, you know, and she starts talking to him and how much she loves him. And he tries to change the timeline and she won't allow it because she knows that that does. And, you know, what's what are the last two things that she says to him? Uh, Eat a salad. (laughs) And I love you. And I love you. Yeah. And I I laughed so hard. I was like, damn, even your mom's calling you fat, bro. She gives him some great advice, though. I mean, it's a great moment where, where she says because. You fail does not mean you're not worthy. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. That's that. so great. That's so great. Love Somebody that. made a meme out of that too, where it's it's Talks him holding depression. the hammer and it says, "Just because you're depressed does not mean you're not worthy." Yeah. That is that is so great. I want to talk for a minute uh, about the shit. <laughs> there about was something the I wanted to say. About Damn it, shit. and I and I lost it. There's so many great. There's so many great things yeah. in this movie to talk about. Okay. So many great character moments. So, um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was gonna say uh, my my my, my hamst- The wheel's turning, but the okay. hamster died. So you can, there, keep keep going. All right. Um, do you want to keep talking about the good, or do you want to look at the bad? No, no. Let's let's stay with the good because there there's some yeah there's okay. some moments here we we got um, we got to talk about. So let's. Oh, of course, 
a very poignant movie. Right. It's such a poignant movie. But one of the things that I absolutely love is we find out that Cap is indeed worthy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love. That's a stand up and cheer moment. I love Thor. Just looking at him. He goes, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. Do you think he's always been worthy or do you think he was only worthy at that time? I have seen an interesting internet theory and about I, this. I bet you it's the and same one. Yeah, I and I, I can't, so I can't claim, uh, this is not my words. Yep. I mean, these are my words, but not my original and thoughts. we agree with this. Yeah, that he was not worthy because he was hiding the fact from Tony that he knew that Bucky had killed his parents. Oh, I had not heard and that. that. Yeah, yeah. So the theory that I heard that once, once Steve revealed to Tony that he knew right. that... Bucky had killed his parents. That was the moment in which he became worthy. That's the theory that I've okay, heard. What have, the, yeah, what, what's your theory? So the theory that I've heard and I agree with, I think he's always been worthy. However, he has known how Thor's ego is, and he was being polite. Uh, okay, all right. Yeah, I think I've, that's I, why he moved it a little bit. Did you notice when he started to move it, what happened? Thor was having a panic attack. Right, 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 goes, right. Oh, I can't lift it. I th- I honestly think Cap was trying to keep his ego in check so that way he he is still a prominent member of the team because what is Thor without his hammer? You know? Are you Thor the god of hammers? You know what I mean? Like it's it's that it's that kind of thing. And I looked at that and I was like, and that is such a Cap thing to do. He he's a nice guy. He's like, I don't need to show this guy up no. here. It means a lot to him. Right. I don't want to take I don't want to take it away from. Him. Speaking of nice guys, can we just say for a minute? I want to say how nice the Hulk is. Oh. What a nice person. What a dork. He turned out. Oh my god. A, I love him. What a dork. Oh. The, with the kids, the scene in the diner is like you know what I laughed on, at the take, most. Take right? a picture with Ant Man. Come on, yeah, and he's trying. He feels it, bad. He, Come on, I don't want the goddamn phone. <laughs> you know, and he's like, take the goddamn phone. And so great, so great. Listen to your mom, Dab. The, I think the thing that I laughed at with that, with with with. Uh, by the way, they're not calling him Professor Hulk. Okay, they call him Smart Hulk. Which, okay, whatever. I'll call him whatever I goddamn want to call him. Um, what do you think of that, Feige? So do something. So Smart Hulk, I, I absolutely love when they do the Avengers and like, hey, you're probably gonna have to smash things. He's like, ah, feels so gratuitous. Uh, and he's just doing these. Like, Mark Ruffalo, man, you uh, just you keep doing your thing. You are just awesome. You know what I love about Mark Ruffalo? Have you ever seen pictures with him with everybody else? He doesn't know he's famous. Like he's standing behind Robert Downey Jr. and he's like, oh my god, that's Robert Downey Jr. And I'm like, bro, you're famous too. It's Dude, okay. you're the science. You're one yeah. half of the science buddies. You know, um, ooh, talk about a scene that I absolutely love. Right, was when Hulk goes for the time stone. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he starts talking to the ancient one. I was, by the way, I was very happy to see Tilda Swinton. Yes, yes, like, yes, oh, yes, yes. Very God, good. This is so awesome. Mm-hmm. And but she knows. This is another thing that you need to think about. She, what does Hulk say to her? He says, "I'm looking for." Stephen Strange. Stephen Strange. Yeah. She goes, you're about five years too early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I that remember. means to me, she has always known that Stephen Strange is going to be the one to right. unite all of them. Right. So does that mean, that means to me, she's like, oh yeah, we're going to lock him out of this place and we're going to make Stephen Strange really want it for him to come in. I'm like, you're kind of a bitch. You know this guy's going to change the, and I get it. I get it. It's he's the gotta, wax on, wax he's off. Gotta, he's got to walk the path, man. He's got to walk the path. But what I loved 
where he's like, look, lady, I don't want to do this. And he goes to hit her, and she knocks him out of the right, soul. Right, 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 right. Nice little you know, callback. When we look, there's the Hulk laying on the ground, and she put a sun hat on him, like, over his eyes. I never he noticed that. giant, like, gardening sun hat. I like, never noticed that. Over his eyes. Oh, shit, while I gotta rewatch that. While they're that. talking. I gotta rewatch that. But I love, you know, she's like, no, you know, I can't give this to you. This is going to ruin everything. This is, you know, uh, you're going to ruin, you know, our world. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, Stephen Strange gave it up willingly. Right, right. And it, that makes her think and realize that, oh, if Stephen Strange, he's the best one out of all of us. If he has given it up, it is for a reason. Right. You know, and right. just being able to do that. Now, here's another thing that I want you to think about. Okay. Cap has to return all the stones, right? Yeah, yeah. At the end of the movie. Yeah. Think about the Soul Stone. I I know that's been brought up now. Yeah, having to go to uh, uh, what is it, Boromir? Right. Or, no, not Boromir. That's that's the that's Sean Bean's character yeah. in uh, <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> Lord is. of the Rings. It Sorry, is. but anyway, so he has to go back there, and the Red Skull is there. Awkward. Well, here's my question: Do you think Cap would have fought him, or I mean, nah, I don't think so. Nah, either. we I don't really do that don't. anymore. <laughs> you know, and he kind of looked at him. He's like, oh, so this is where you went. I remember what Ooh, I wanted to say. What no. you talk about? So, this movie, first of all, is a treat for those of us who have been sort of on this journey. It, it's really a reward. It's a payoff. Yes. If you've been if you've been following all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, but one of the things that I think is most satisfying is the way that both Steve Rogers and Tony Stark's story arcs are concluded. Agreed. In such a Agreed. beautiful beautiful way and and again not my words uh, i mean my words not my thoughts interesting how someone pointed out how both of these men started in some ways at opposite points on the spectrum yeah and they really sort of their arcs cross each other because tony starts out as a man totally selfish Mm -hmm. steve starts out totally selfless Mm -hmm. and they learn balance to make it to the other side. Yeah, because Steve ends up getting what he what he wants in life. He finally he finally gets a turn. He yeah. finally says, "You know what? I'm going to ha- I'm going to live that life that Tony I'm told gonna me." I'm going to live that life. Now, now question, and you brought this up. Did you cry during this movie? Yes. All right. I'm going to take a guess yes. at what scene I think you cried at. No right. shame in it, man. I, nope. I I I cried too okay. during parts of this movie. So, I'm going to say that you cried during the scene where Tony meets with his father. Kind of. Kind of? Okay. Yes. Uh, maybe emotional. All right. Um, I love the idea, the discussion with the kids and everything like that. Yeah. I, I love that idea. I also kind of laughed. I was like, damn, they are really rich. And, Je- you know, and Spider-Gen leans over and she goes, what do you mean? I'm like, the Starks are really fucking rich. She goes, why? I go, dude can eat in his pantry. <laughs> You know, I didn't. You know, you don't even think about that. But oh I'm like, my god! That, uh, that means it's another room. Oh my! Wow, you really do take the movie to a deeper level level of analysis, Chris. But that was not the big cry. Okay. The big cry for me was, um, we see, and I knew this was coming, but we see Steve, and he's older, and he looks, and I love what Sam says. He looks and he sees the ring, and he goes, "You gonna tell me about her?" No. I don't think I, I am. I don't think I will. And it flashes back, and finally we see Steve getting that dance. He's happy. With Peggy. And they go into this beautiful little house, 
and there's the two of them, and they're just so happy. And I started tearing up because that is the only thing that that man has wanted his entire life, is to be, one, accepted. And remember what he said in the first movie. He goes, women don't normally, he goes, this is the longest conversation I've ever had with a woman. You know, girls don't normally talk to him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is the one woman in his life that he has always pined after always wanted that was and it was all about the dance at the and end of, uh, end of captain america i guess i guess we're not going to get that dance after all i yeah. mean and that has been the storytelling in these movies to maintain the the, the threads throughout the uh, each movie it's yeah. just it's been fantastic we've we've been on this journey so sorry go, and, go the, ahead. and there was one more that made me cry yeah 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 the hamburger scene the hamburger scene. so there is little stark Sitting with Happy, and he looks at her and he's like, "Are you hungry? Oh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. What do you want to eat? Hamburgers. Hamburgers." And he goes, "I'm gonna get you all the hamburgers you want." And he was telling I her, "I think that one got like, me too." He's like, "You know, your your dad loved hamburgers." I too, think but that it was one something got to me too. To where Happy was telling her, "I'm going to take care of you for the rest of your life." Yeah. It was very minuscule in how he said it, but it was basically, "For the rest of your life, I am going to be there. I'm going to be that father figure that that you didn't." That, that you're not going to have growing up. And for me, like, that was... That, yeah. You know, yeah, uh, that got me, too. That was a tearjerker. Now, that got me, too. in Tony's funeral... Um, by the way, I don't know if you know this, and I'm going to make things a little bit lighter. Okay. So, Tom Holland, during the funeral scene, mm -hmm. did not know it was a funeral. They had changed the script and said it was a wedding. Are you kidding me? No, I swear to God. They were saying that it was... Were Tony they just trying to screw with him? No, or? just so we wouldn't say what happened. Oh, oh, oh. And he oh. walked out and he's looking at everybody like he's in a black suit and everybody's in black. He's like, this isn't a goddamn one. <laughs> weird. He's like, this is kind of weird. But did you notice everybody that was at Tony's funeral? Uh, Yes. Yeah. 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 So there were some like obscure people there. I, I, I know. I know. I know who you're I know who you're going to talk about. I know exactly. Well, who obviously, you're talk about. Thunderbolt Ross was there. Right. Right. Not the one you're talking about. The kid. From Iron Man 3. That's the one you're talking about. That he built that lab for right. out of his garage. Right. Oh, my right. God, man. Like, I didn't know who it was at first. I didn't because either. Because he's, he's grown up so yeah. much. Yeah. And then I look and I went, oh, that's so cool. That is so cool. I, I took kind of a stab in the dark. I was like, I bet you that's the kid from Iron Man 3. Because, like, I don't yeah. recognize who, the, yeah. who that is. Yeah. So, all right, let's talk about, was there anything in this movie that you did not like? Nothing. Nothing. I, 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 I love this movie. I mean, I love right. this movie so there, there were two things for me that I looked at, and I was like, man. And people might not like me, and I'm sorry. They, they, these are my opinions. I like you, My man. opinions only. I like you. Know. It's cool. Um, I told you. I, I didn't see Captain Marvel. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not a, not a fan. Not well, a fan. here you, was my thing. You know, I wasn't that big of a fan of the character to begin with, you know. And, and um, it just it was never my fancy. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but my thing was, is I was like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to watch Avengers. If I like her character, then we'll go and watch the movie. Right. You right. know, I was like, all right. I like jets and planes and stuff. I was like, you know, her cat's name's Goose. That's kind of cool. I was like, it's a, it's a nod to Top Gun. I like Top Gun. I was it's like, a Flarkin, we'll, 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 by the way. Whatever. And we'll see. But she shows up, and she's just cocky and arrogant, and just the way that she said, like, you know, and it's not for nothing. I get it. She's their quote-unquote big gun. But, like... She is, man. Not really. She is, man. She's she, she is. She's totally really. their no, big gun. Not at all. 
Not okay. at all. And, and, and in case if you watched the saw, if you saw the same movie that I did, Scarlet Witch did more damage to him, to Thanos, than Captain Marvel did. Uh, she was literally ripping the planet apart to drop on him. I'm not remembering that, but okay, so, all right. But that was that was the one thing, and I looked at it and I was like, see, "It's eh. weird." See, that's so weird. And all of you know, all of this stuff is subjective. Totally, I I really like Brie Larson, and I really like her in this character, and I I I like her. But go on, go on. So, and then the other one, and I'll be honest with you, that it was definitely pandering. It was one hundred percent pandering. Okay. I know what you're. Gonna, I think I know what you're going to say. What, what What am I going to say? Go ahead. You didn't like the moment with all the female Avengers charging. It's not the... that I didn't like it. I just looked at it and I was like, that was unnecessary. <laughs> it was unnecessary. Okay. They're all part right. of the team. I get it. I'm good with it. You know, women are, you know, just as powerful as men. I'm fine with that. That is not my problem. My problem was, is they're like, just don't line them up. They're looking, <laughs> not even that. They're just like, hey, look, we're just as good. Hey, <laughs> hey, look at us. Look at us. We're just as just good. Don't line We're going to help you, Peter Parker. We're just as good. And I'm looking and I'm like, yeah, I've known this the entire time. <laughs> Chill the fuck out. You're good. Just don't line up on a movie. <laughs> no, no, no. And it's not even that. Now you're making me sound sexist. It's, it's not even that. It's just, like, I look at it and I'm like, what, seriously, did you find that necessary? Was that ultimately I, necessary? I mean, I know what they were going for. I was cool with it. I was like, But you was know, it necessary? You know what I'm thinking? Here's what I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking about me. They didn't make that scene for me. No. They made that scene for the little girl that's watching the movie and, and is going to okay, dress and, up as Captain Marvel. Well, that's what they I, made that scene for. And I'm okay for. with that. But the thing was, like, I looked at it and I was like, eh, all right. You know? I, was like, <laughs> I guess we're going to do this. Uh, no. You know what's even, you know what's the funniest thing? Do you know who I get the most grief from talking about that? Who? Who, who gives it? Women. I've got adult women looking at me and like, that was unnecessary. That was absolutely unnecessary. They're like, talk about pandering. I was like, wow, okay. I, I will, you know what? I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it is. It was. It and was, I understood why. And, and I, I didn't. And like it I was. Said, pa- it was pandering, and I was cool with it. And I, and I like I said, I look at it. I was like, all right. Well, you know, I guess we're doing. This. I guess we're. Do- <laughs> I guess we're doing. This. I guess we're doing this. You know, um, but it, it was. It was kind of funny. Oh, another moment that that didn't make me cry, but maybe maybe like my heart kind of sank a little bit. Mm-hmm. Which was the um, reuniting of Peter and Tony? Yeah, and he hugs him. Yeah. He's and like, he, "This is hu- nice." And he hugs him, and it this was, nice. and it was, a, and it was a real hug. It was very, it was sweet. great callback very, to homecoming. Very, very sweet. Yeah, very sweet. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Holland. I mean, some of They're the best great chemistry. Team. They work Just really some well. Of the, I'm so sorry that uh, I'm. I'll tell you, there's one thing I didn't like about it, and it's not Ooh. about the the Ooh. movie. Um, I'm just I'm really gonna miss Chris Evans and uh, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. in this. Yeah. It's it's it makes sense. I mean, these are perfectly well, logical character points. Potentially, but potentially. I know Chris Evans says he's done, but yeah. I mean, if they wag enough money in front of his face, he could come back. But if you remember, old Steve Rogers starts running Shield, so. I mean, there could I, be a potential. I won't hold my breath. Although, me either. Me I, either. I absolutely. have an idea. What, what do you th- I, I have an idea about if they if they wanted to. I don't think they should, but if they wanted to bring right. back Robert Downey Jr. Do you remember a while back when I was reading Invincible Iron Man and it was about Riri Williams, yeah. the 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 MIT phenom that creates her own suit of armor, Ironheart. Ironheart. Yeah. What was her AI? Her oh. AI 
was Tony Stark. Yeah, that would be kind of neat. So if they want to, if they want to bring back Robert Downey Jr., they could always bring him back as an AI. Nice. I don't think they they won't do it, and they probably they shouldn't do it because it's that was such a fitting end to that character. And I, I know even though it wouldn't be Robert Downey Jr., um, they could still have his. Voice. It's it, it just it's it's better left. Speaking alone. of callbacks, did yeah. you did you see? Now I remember what I wanted to say, but go ahead, go ahead. We go had ahead. a live action Jarvis. We did. Yeah, and it was very sweet. We did. Because we did. technically, who raised Tony? Jarvis. Jarvis. That's why he created That's him. why he created Jarvis. Yeah. I remembered what I wanted to what? say. What? So, what was the movie that kind of gets trashed by this movie? Oh, Back to the Future, 100%. Right? What do we oh, find out in the movie, right? Back to the Future is bullshit. Right. So, I have a, I have a thought. Go on. There's what I think, and I don't think it was any accident, we get a little callback. To Back to the Future too. Mm-hmm. So remember when they're first doing the heist in the 2004 the first Avengers, Avengers yeah. right? And what do they do? They get they cause Ant Man to get Tony to have a heart attack. Yes. So that then Robert Redford has a heart. Oh, current. There was something else that I want to talk about. But yeah, keep going. Current current Tony steals the Tesseract. Right. And so he's almost gonna make it, and what happens? It gets kicked. The door flies open. He right. gets knocked down, and it's the Hulk from that time, and he's pissed. Stairs! No stairs! That's like when Marty McFly gets hit in the face by uh, Biff's... Current... Current... Mar- so that is yes. just like the scene from Back to the Future 2. Where he's trying to steal the almanac. He's trying to steal the yes. almanac. He's got it in his back pocket. Whack! He's confronting Biff, and he says That's to Biff, Biff looks nobody him. calls me chicken and then the, the past marty mcfly opens the door knocks him down yeah. screws up the whole plan and then he steals the book i believe that that was a direct callback to it oh. russo brothers if you're listening to me write in and let me know justice nerds pc at gmail.com i love that all right so you know it was another thing that i another timeline that was noticed shoot one cap was in the elevator oh yeah so that shows that Captain America is potentially an agent of Hydra. Well, they think he's an agent well, of Hydra. Exactly. Now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know what I thought was going to happen. I'm like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna do this in the elevator. Right, right, Hell right, right. Oh yeah. What a great callback. But but the thing was, oh, don't worry, I've got it. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, ooh, I was like, Damn. so good. But that's another timeline that that mm-hmm. ultimately got started. Mm-hmm. So, um, real quick, and I, and I know we're we're running pretty running running over. So one of the things that I did want to talk about, um. One character for me stood out and grew so much, and the depth automatically made me love this character so much more than really what it was. Really? Yes. Uh, okay, who? Hawkeye. Yeah, I'll yeah, tell you what. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I love that, you know, Natasha was tracking him and what he's been doing. And I'm sitting there thinking in my head, and I leaned in and told Spider-Gen, and this is, this is just me. I looked in and I went, yeah, I can't blame him. I was like, I'd probably be doing the same thing. You know, because he is killing people that he believes they should have died instead. This is good men who believe yeah. they are doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, how come my family gets murdered and you're still alive? You're still alive, yeah. And, like, I, I looked at that and I was like, damn. Kind of doing his own little mini Thanos thing, yeah. right? Kind of bringing balance. And then my thing was is he ultimately tries to sacrifice himself. I love that him and Natasha are having this fight. And he's like, no, let me do this. And she goes, no. My turn, you know, and what a and moment! They're just going back and forth and back and forth, trying to fight each other. And they're like, I don't think we're talking about the same person, are we? What a moment! And and really, in some ways, kind of a completion of Natasha's arc. Yes, too. 
I'm way back in the first Avengers when she has all this guilt for all of this this life that the she's taken, she's all the life. bad things she's done, and it's the ultimate expunging of uh, of yeah. her ledger. Oh, one thing I didn't like. Yeah. Okay. You ready? Cap Shield, right? Yeah. So Cap Shield is basically vulnerable of everything, right? I mean, what do you mean? It's vulnerable. Been, it's been hit. Or invulnerable. invulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, it's been hit by millionaire. I mean, all of this stuff. No problem. Mm-hmm. A random choppy blade from Thanos chops it to shit. That's power scaling, man. That's how. That's how you in wrestling. I'm gonna go to wrestling. No, no, no. I'm good when with you. It. When you want to show that how somebody do you, is stronger, that someone's stronger. Yeah. What do you do? Right. You have them take out the biggest, baddest but dude. I, but I look at that and I was like. If you wanted to show that a new wrestler was like the big dude, right. you'd have him take out Hogan, right? right? No, no, no. I, I, but I looked and I was like, that's bullshit. I, I, I know, man. And but So here's another thing, too. Do you, for, do you know why they selected that weapon for Thanos? No, why? It's so, it's the, okay, so. Because it looks like a helicopter blade. Because it looks like a helicopter blade. No. And why is that important? No. Because Thanos had a helicopter. When? He had a helicopter, like back in the comics, like the first couple of appearances of Thanos. Google it. Look up Thanos. Look up, right, look look up, up right the now. Thanos copter. Okay. No. And so I, I, somebody drew a cartoon about it. I get this like secondhand information. Okay, but I believe that someone wrote to the Russos and they confirmed it that the reason his weapon looks like a helicopter blade is it's a little nod to the Thanos. Copter. Are you no shitting me? No shit. Nope. 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 That nope. is like I, the dumbest shit. I shit I've you ever not. S- Look I at this shit. shit. You know, it's got his name on it. Oh my god. It's worse than the spider buggy. Thanos knows all about branding, man. He knows oh all about god. branding. Okay, sorry. I just thought and the then Joker. We should we should probably wrap up yeah, th- yeah, yeah. Uh, Infinity or Endgame talk after this. But no, no, no. Go ahead. Go on, dude. But no, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, we've pretty much gone. Oh, here's my question. Yeah. Where did Cap get this shield from? Good question. Where did he get it from? Well, we know that from the the story, the way that they explain time travel is your you, past you, is technically not your past; it's your future. And well, you you can't you can't change you can't change you can't your, alter it no matter how hard you try. No matter how hard yeah. you try, which means then if that's the case, he created an alternate timeline. Yeah, and he somehow was able to make it back to our timeline with an intact shield. Correct. He made it back to our timeline. How did you feel, by the way, of Sam getting the shield and not Bucky? I was okay with it. Uh, I was okay with it. I mean, uh, it, it makes sense from a story perspective. Uh, I, uh, first of all, you know, Bucky, I don't know that Bucky really wants that at this point. You know, Bucky is a character that I think, like Steve, has seen enough of war. Yeah. And he doesn't want to do it anymore. Whereas Sam has been really inspired by Steve and he's he's ready to go. I think he's ready to well, t- to take up the mantle. And and my thing is is this is this is something that I've always had. I believe that Bucky still has to atone for his sins. And I mm, don't yeah. I don't think he believes that he's worthy to be, you know, the sentinel of liberty. Whereas Sam has always had that honor, the integrity, you know, mm-hmm. everything like that. That is something that he has always portrayed and something that he's had, so it's easier for him to be looked at as Captain America than than Bucky would have. 
Yeah, I because if you remember in the comic books, Bucky was always trying to prove himself when he was Captain America. He yeah, was always trying to prove himself. He's like, oh, I can do this too, you know. And you're like, all right. Yeah, I I think the way that he's presented in the movies, I I think although there's gonna be that Disney series Falcon and the and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, so, I'm excited. Uh, you're you're gonna get that. Are you gonna get that Disney service? Uh, we're we're talking about it. Yeah, I'm still waiting for. So DC, listen, if you're listening. You guys need to put out the app on, like, PlayStation and everything like that for people who don't have the Rokus and all of mm-hmm. that because we, we can't download the DC app right now. So the only way we're able to watch it is on our computers or if you have a Roku or Fire Stick or, or anything like that. So okay. that's something that we want. But Disney Disney's going to be our next one. Well, so. when you get it, I want to I, I want to check that out because we'll have to do some yeah, reviews yeah, yeah, yeah. of that. We'll, have, we'll watch it at my house because I can't give you the password. Watch party. That's illegal. All right, so so uh, so that's it. That's kind of the put a put a period on our on our end game. So ultimately, we loved it. We loved it. Uh, Do you want to talk about Shazam at all? Like mini mini movie Uh, review? I mean, okay, real quick. Ultimately, I one 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 minute or less. Go. Yeah, I really liked it. Uh, I thought it was very accurate to the new Fifty Two style. It was a very cute movie. Um, Great action sequences. uh, Leads up to definitely more movies. Um, fits in the canon very, very well, and this movie was fun. This is the Guardians of the Galaxy for DC. Okay, all right. So it was a lot of fun. It, it definitely had those big moments, mm-hmm. and you know where you're like, "Oh crap! It's it's a ten year old boy inside of this, you know, big dude." And Phrasing. Yeah, and but he has these moments where you know he grew and he learns, and I. I love it. I'm. I can't wait for it to come out. Zachary Levi. I did not have much faith in him, mm-hmm. um, but that's only because you know I saw the suit and I was like, oh god, look at all the padding. And I was like, guy, come on, man. I was like, you know, be dedicated. See, I read he got ripped for that role. Yep, yeah, but he only gained. You know, no, no, mind you, gaining a lot of muscle is is very difficult. Believe me, I've done it. It's hard to yeah, do. Yeah, no shit. But he gained. He gained like ten, fifteen. He looked more like a swimmer than you know, a power lifter where he probably should have, you know, went and did heavy, you know, and, and stuff like that. But the suit helped. And, but I'll tell you what, watching the movie, I didn't even focus on that at all. His, his charisma, he just owned that camera and did so good and made you laugh. But you're like, oh my God, this is a hero. But still, you're like, there is still a child trapped inside you know, and you see it and Just how like he me. talks. Yes, in all of us, in all of us. Um, but there are mo- there are endings. There are those secret endings at the end of the movie. Oh, okay. All right. Stay to the end of the credits. Yep. Stay to the end of the credits. Okay. Um, it and and is this? It, it, do they present this as part of the DC Cinematic yes. Universe? Okay. Yes. All right. Um, they talk about all of them, and they talk about Aquaman, and actually they make jokes about the other oh, okay. Justice League members, cool. and cool. it's it's great. All I, right. I, I highly recommend it, and you need to see it. Awesome. All right. Let's do some Toy Box. Just get those wonderful toys. Let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. All Toy right. Box, we got some show and tell today, so you brought, you brought something, yes. a, a little figure that's kind of near and dear to my heart. So... I, one of the things that I did not have, um, I have a bunch of teams, I have a Justice League, I have Avengers, I have everything, but one of the things that was near and dear and I loved uh, pretty much all my life was Star Trek. 
and it was something that I did not have, and you had multiple versions. I didn't have an, an original, like, 1965. You mean multiple versions of, like, the, 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 the original, characters? Yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have an original series Star Trek figures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I started looking, and actually I saw this figure on uh, Big Bad Toy Store. Oh. And I looked at it, and it's by uh, McFarlane. And I will tell you right now, McFarlane Toys has totally stepped up their game. And so what I'm I'm showing you on on a par with uh, NECA, I would oh say. Oh my God, yeah, absolutely. And the poor man's hot toys. So I have the original series Star Trek Captain James Tiberius Kirk, and I want to say right now, this is probably one of the nicest Kirk figures I have ever seen. Um. The face mold, it looks oh. like William Shatner. I mean, it is it, it, it is literally a life cast. They they use that uh, that facial scan. Oh my god, technology man. now and uh, it, yeah, it, it, it's the likeness is incredible. But like you're looking at it and it, it's multiple tones. Like his boots are shiny, mm-hmm. but his pants mm-hmm. they're they're both black. But right, his boots are shiny and his pants are flat. You got the gloss and kind of matte you know? finish, and yeah. then we get the matte finish on his shirt. However. The Star Trek emblem and his captain ringlets down there at, at you know his sleeves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are sh- those are are shiny as well. Right, right. And he comes with a phaser, his tricorder, another hand, and some kind. I don't remember the, the rifle. Yeah, like a phaser rifle. I yeah, th- I, th- I think I think it what it was. And so they're releasing them. I mean, he's even got like the blouse boots. Like if you look at them, they actually come out. Yeah, they they flare at the bottom. They no, that's that, that, that's I mean, this amazing. I had so prior to th- I I got this figure as well, Chris, and it completely replaced uh, the the Kirk figure. I had had an original series Kirk before from Art Asylum, which would later go on to I believe they went on to become NECA, uh-huh. and this just blows that out of the water. The it, it I hadn't realized. Um, <laughs> this sounds weird to say how much the other toy sucked <laughs> until how much I technology saw. was yeah lacking. yeah yeah it, it's just incredible there's multiple points of articulation on this figure uh it has mid bicep swivel uh you get hinges on the on the wrists uh it it is just it, it's a it's a phenomenal figure i, I just uh, i think it's it's great the picard figure is also by the way should, we should say that this comes out this being released in a wave with yes. also the jean-luc picard figure so uh which i, I also have which is I also very, very he good. comes with a flute yes yes he comes he comes with, comes with his flute he comes with a flute because there was a, and i'll tell you i remember the series it's uh the the episode called inner light yes yeah yeah um so I I just and and the best part is is the price, I paid twenty bucks for this. Yeah, yeah. Twenty. Yeah. This is I would have easily paid thirty five forty dollars for this. Did Did you get this off a of big bad toy store? I did. Okay. And it was just, you know, I was I was so excited. And and what's even better, w- one thing that I told you is I want to build an away team. I'm praying right. that they're gonna give me the entire. Bridge. You need a red shirt. I need. Well, you gotta I, get a red shirt. <laughs> I want Scotty. I want the crew. Mm-hmm. And then you look, and then they have Spock is coming. He's yeah, the next, the, the, one. The next wave. There's, there's. So there's two. Yeah, uh, I don't. I, I'm not familiar with her. I, I, she is from the new show, Star Trek Discovery, with Jason Isaacs. Uh, yes, and yeah. but I don't know the name of her character. Does this, does it say mm-hmm. on there? Mm, no. Okay. No, and no, it's no. the Leonard Nimoy Spock. It yes. is. It's not the um, oh Zachary Quinto which Spock. 
which which I'm okay with. No, know? no. I, I as much as I like those new movies, uh, I'm, I'm Leonard just, Nimoy and William Shatner will forever yeah. be my my Kirk and Spock. There is only one one gripe that okay. I have, and it's not really that big of a gripe. The stand that it comes with is just one of those thin plastic stands, and it's got the Star Trek logo on mm-hmm. it. I would have liked something maybe a little bit more. Like maybe a transporter? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, that that's exactly been, what I was yeah, thinking. Like yeah. I don't want it to light up. I don't want anything like that. But right. give, me, give me just a little bit little bit of something. Right, right. Or is give me a set where I get this figure with his chair. Mm-hmm. And what if like oh yeah oh, what if yeah. like each member comes with a part of the bridge well, and you ultimately you build the bridge? McFarland, uh, I I wouldn't he put it past him to come out come to come out with a with a chair with a s- Kirk figure with a chair that would be nice because you know I mean that's that's what we're looking for yeah, and yeah. like my thing for me is um, he did the Conan the Barbarian series remember mm-hmm. he did all the Conan figures mm-hmm. he did King Conan and it has this big giant throne he's known for doing accessories he's done Spawn with horses and mm-hmm, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's only a matter of time. He's also, I don't know if you saw, they did a one-to-one phaser. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw that. Sorry, I didn't know what you meant yeah, by that. Yeah, the one-to-one so, phaser. Yeah, but yeah, that scale. Is, one-to-one scale. I think that's from Discovery. That's that's not, that is not uh, the original series. I, I do, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. I don't I don't know. So Yeah, um, yeah, it looked like a newer one. But ultimately, th- this is just beautiful. Uh, if you're looking to, you know, redo or build a Star Trek set. I mean, this is this is going to be it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I just like I said, I I, I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to come out with each of the the crew. I I really need uh and Uhura. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna look at the Spock. I don't. The Spock I have now by Art Asylum is pretty good. Yeah. But but then again, I I, well, I don't know. I mean, if you even look at the hands, the hands even have the wrinkling from yeah. when he's wrapping around things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just, Incredible it, detail. Uh, great paint apps. Uh, you can also believe it or not, you can find this in Walgreens. Yeah. That's where I got That's mine. Where you got I, f- I found mine in Walgreens. So the price point is is perfect. Uh, if you're a Star Trek fan, or if you know uh, uh, someone who's a Star Trek fan, uh, this this would make like yeah, a, a, great a great gift, gift. for them. Absolutely great gift. Um, let us before we exit Toy Box. Let us just remind you that uh, we are not just Chris and Jay, hosts of the Justice Nerds podcast, but we are also Chris and Jay, Toy, Toy Bounty, Bounty Hunters. Hunters. Is there a tchotchke that you have to find that the scalpers are just you know they're they're charging eleven billion dollars for something that should be only like nineteen ninety nine? No more, we say, no more. We're gonna help you find your your item. We're gonna locate it for you. We'll either tell you how to get it, or at just at, only at the cost of of shipping and purchase of the item, we will help get it for you. We're not looking to make any money off of this. We just want to connect nerds with their tchotchkes. Well, hey, gang, that is all the time that we have. Please make sure to email us at justusnerdspc at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram page. Check out our my Deviant Art page under the username mastman1978. Give us a like on Facebook. Make sure you check out our buddy Jamie Engel. Her stuff's on the right angle. Dot com. That is the right, right as in W-R-I-T-E, angle, E-N-G-L-E. She's got some good stuff there. Uh, make sure you also like us on SoundCloud. Um, go ahead and download all of our uh, content. You can get everything on SoundCloud and also on iTunes. Just like Juan the drug dealer. That's that's right. That's, that's how he's listening to us. Make sure, too, on Facebook, um, if you like 
you know, like us on Facebook, go ahead and send us a message. Uh, we'll make sure that, you know, we respond to you and, and, you know, give us some highlights. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. If we don't think you like what we like, then we'll tell you to piss off. But other than that, I mean, we'll be fine. <laughs> well, we're totally secure. We can handle criticism. It's fine. Piss off. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been Chris and Jay with the Just Us Nerds podcast. We got to get out of here. But remember, when the going gets tough, the tough. Make lemonade? Uh, no, Chris, it, that's if life gives you lemons. When the going gets tough, the tough get tougher. Okay, we obviously need to work on this. See you next time, guys. <laughs> <laughs>